and it's taking away. Oh, hello there. Welcome. Welcome to Quantum Nurse Freedom International live stream and with different podcasters from around the state and around the world. With me are um, Hartmut from Germany with Go Your Own Path, Steve Fierro from Asia and with Awaken Mind. I have Mary Elizabeth, Dr. Mary Elizabeth from Florida with uh, Mindful Empowerment. And of course, I also have Dr. Jane Marquis from Canada with Empowered Health. And we are very happy and honored to have Maureen McDonald, a BSN of Millions Against Medical Mandates. That's www.mamm.com. So thank you so much, Maureen, for being dot org okay we'll check we'll i'll edit that shortly <laughs> and thank you so much for being here and thank you to everyone and yes thank you to all our viewers and for all of you who've been doing your work in terms of your the freedom movement and also sharing every bit of information including our podcast so here's a little bit about maureen and maureen will tell us more about what she's been doing so Maureen McDonald was a pediatric holistic registered nurse for over 40 years. She started her nursing career working in labor and delivery. And for 15 years, she was a natural childbirth teacher. And in the 1990s, she began organizing children's health conferences, which prepared her for the tenure position in the national as national coordinator of the Defeat Autism Now conferences, with focus on preventing as many chronic illnesses in children as possible, Maureen also co-founded Saving Our Kids, Healing Our Planet. That's uh, SOCOM, S-O-K-H-O-P.com. And uh, that helps parents learn how to raise healthy children in an increasingly healthy world. And she's a grandma with 11 grandchildren. She decided to also found the organization Millions Against Medical Men. And this, I know most of you know about the organization because she's been collaborating with a lot of people and freedom fighters, frontliners, and all those that, you know, the other narrative has been claiming as disinformation. So that's a little bit about Maureen. Thank you again, Maureen. It's really exciting because as a nurse to a nurse, for me, you are my local hero or you're my nurse hero. And I knew that because um, I, I've been a holistic registered nurse as well. And it's always powerful to see not just a holistic registered nurse, but someone who's really a freedom fighter. And your, your accomplishment is incredible. So how about you start with, tell tell us, because I'm curious, when did that moment that you said, okay, I think I'm going to go different. I'm not going to be just like a corporate nurse. Well, I, I think that happened way back in the 70s when I was in nursing school and I was involved with a um, meditation community. And for the first time in my life, I was learning about uh, natural ways of being healthy, a lot of my friends at the time were having home births and using midwives and a lot of people were vegetarians. And I was like coming off of bologna sandwiches and Coca-Cola and, 
you know, I grew up with a mouthful of mercury and ate candy all the time. I didn't know what they were talking about, but I really had my eyes opened uh, back then. And then uh, when I did graduate from nursing school, one of my first jobs was in labor and delivery. And I saw even back then in the late 70s, 1970s, that is, um, there was the hijacking of, of, of birth by the medical and pharmaceutical industry and medical equipment industry. Uh, and uh, it just never seemed right to me. It, 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 uh, what they were saying and doing to women in that vulnerable state um, just never resonated. And so, you know, I began my, my lifelong journey then of questioning authority and, and looking at trying to look at things objectively and um, just really saw the methodical and takeover of the medical health movement by the pharmaceutical industry as the years went on. And it's always uh, nauseated me. And probably like many of you, I've, you know, just kind of been a rebel all my life, always questioning uh, government and the and authorities, and especially um, the pharmaceutical industry and their intentions. So that's just, uh, you know, fast forward to where we are today. And it's, it's, you know, it's a global takeover. How's your family, Maureen? Are they re, um, supportive of your what you've been doing for all those years and especially in the last year i asked that question because i believe most of us even if our family like accepted us as holistic people or like as a holistic nurse and suddenly they're really against what we are doing yeah um you know it's divided i think as a holistic practitioner for all these years you know you're always the i was always the black sheep I had a nutrition practice in New Jersey and um, I was, you know, considered sort of a green witch and and because I recommended herbs and diet to handle children with ADD and kids with autism and people with hypertension. And, you know, it just uh, but more people respected uh, that work. Uh, fast forward to COVID and it's it's definitely been more divisive. My family, fortunately, many of them are pretty enlightened and uh and so and and also i'm i'm 100 percent irish i'm very stubborn i'm very strong uh bullheaded you could say so i make sure you know that they have the information because that's the biggest thing isn't it that you know whether a person decides to go one way or another it really is up to them but my beef is that people aren't getting the other side of this COVID story. <laughs> they're getting the mainstream media version, they're getting their doctor's version, and they're getting a small segment of what's really going on. And so I feel it's it's been my job and it's our job to share the truth. And then once people have the facts and the statistics and the number of problems caused by this um, injection and so on, then if they decide to go one way or the other, then I can release, I can let go. But until people have both sides of the story, I find it hard to keep my mouth closed. That's wonderful to see that. Because I remember that in as a holistic nurse again, it's all we have always been, um, uh, we always, uh, 
remind ourselves that we don't really have to force anyone to accept whatever information, whatever alternative or treatments we have, even as a holistic nurse. And the best thing that a holistic nurse can do is to really listen, to listen to other people's concern and then let them have their own their decision so that in so doing then that peace is there because it's all about having that freedom of your choice and that's why i think as a critical thinkers podcasters we all got together because we wanted to make sure that people could have the space and know that we you could have your choice it's just like being choosing whether you want to be a vegetarian or gluten-free or not and we can only say what we think is important. Now, Maureen, you've been doing this for all those years, decades already. And so what are the blessings that you can see right now that's happening? And I'm asking that question, I guess, coming from that orientation that as a holistic person, you always see blessings in even the craziest moment. I'm actually looking at one of them right now to see all of you from all around the world. And that has been incredible. You know, when you're a black sheep, uh, like some of us, you're, you're a bit of a loner, you know, through the years, um, once in a while, you know, I'd encounter people who were like-minded, but um, I have never seen more people awaken to the truth about health than I have in the past year and a half, two years. Um, it's so exciting to see so many people um, really understand what's going on to the best that any of us can understand what's going on. And also the friendships that are formed. You know, I've had people recently move here to where we are um, from California. And I was sitting around during the height of COVID. We never, we always gathered and had potlucks and um, parties and things. And I, I looked around the table and a lot of the people were new. And I said, you're my new high vibe soul tribe. You know, it's like, these are my people and um, deep, deep friendships. And we know we're there for each other through thick and thin. And I think that's happening worldwide. People are really finding each other. And we called it millions against medical mandates really prior. This was prior to COVID that we formed this organization. But I just had a, a sort of a understanding and knowing that there would be millions of us. And uh, I just put it out there maybe before there were, but now there are, now there are millions of us and it's so exciting. Very true. And when I came to United States in 1985 and learned about the vaccine, so by 1987, when I had my son and I wish I would have known you then because I'm also uh, from New Jersey or living in New Jersey right now. But what I did on my own is there, I didn't hear any organizations yet about, you know, back with millions case or none. So what I did is I just have this book and I made a copy and made my own um, commitment that, you know, I will not vaccinate my, my, my son. And I did all of that. And so I, in my own personal, individual journey, I was feeling successful, but didn't, I guess I, I didn't see that there was a group being formed because I would have jumped right there and, and met you then. But never too late. This 
without what happened last year, then I would have not known you. And I'm really honored that you are with us. So I'm going to pass it on to Hartmut so, so that all the others could have all these wonderful questions and conversations for us and for the audience. So thanks a lot. I'll pass Thank it on great. to Hartmut. Thank you. Thank you, Grace. Maureen, it's a real pleasure to have you on the show. And uh, as you are also part of this reach, huge organization to prevent the medical mandates, uh, it is very interesting. For example, in Germany, we have here since, since Monday, we have the rule that only tested people, vaccinated people, or people who are proven to have had the corona in the past allowed to go to restaurants, museums, and all that stuff, and unvaccinated people uh, without any tests, they, they, get, they become the third class here. It's, uh, and, and the interesting thing is that, for example, also in Italy and in, uh, in France, they have these kind of rules already since June, in France already since June. And uh, the protests in France and Italy, there are protests in hundreds, also in 100 cities. And in Germany at the moment, four, at four in four cities. And um, the interesting thing is, there are so many people who don't want to get the vaccination. Um, in Germany is more than 50%. I think in the US it's the same. And the problem is that the unvaccinated people have the feeling that they are alone. That they say, okay, I can't do anything because in my environment, many people are vaccinated and I'm, and I'm feeling alone. Do you have a message for these people who think this, yeah, that they are alone? Well, they're not alone. Like I said, um, more and more people, I mean, they've tried to separate us on purpose so we can't find each other so easily. But, you know, the truth always prevails. Uh, people's heart, um, they, they know where to find each other and uh, they're doing that all over the world. And, you know, I'll just put on my grandmother hat for a minute and tell you what I think about these lockdowns and segregation and divisiveness. Um, I think it's disgraceful, and I think these people should be ashamed of themselves. They're not doing their homework. They're not looking into doing any research. And if they did, they would understand the damage they're doing to society, to their individual constituents, um, for a virus that has a 99.97% recovery rate, for which there are early treatments readily available, um, and to do this to our uh, to people is just it's it's just disgraceful, and um, I think they'll go down in history as some of the worst decisions that men and women have ever made um, in all of in all of history. So I just um, I would say to people that feel alone, you know, you're not alone. Just just um, go on to websites like this to podcasts like this uh you know i go to sleep at night listening to all my favorites you know Lori ladd and and mel Kay and dr charlie ward and um uh, bobby kennedy and um del big tree show and you know it, it's like we're all out there and we're all trying to carry the truth forward um i i would say that there seems to be another level now where people are going to, and I'm so happy to see it. It's like 
we're all awakened, but now we're all going into the active mode, whether it's starting a podcast, whether it's writing a blog, whether it's, you know, I'm very into guerrilla marketing. I tell people there's so many wonderful handouts um, on the MAM website that are printable. I go into ladies' rooms and I post them, community bulletin boards, um, just hand them out on street corners. You know, we all know the story of Semmelweis, Dr. Semmelweis, who figured out that hand washing for physicians could actually <laughs> be very beneficial for the patients. And um, he, you know, was on the last months of his life handing handing flyers out on street corners, telling people don't go to doctors because they're not washing their hands. And I feel like that, like Bobby Kennedy says, you know, this is the hill we may have to die on, but speaking the truth, finding each other and um, spreading the truth is really uh, what takes you out of that aloneness. I see. Yeah. And uh, you said it or you said it already that, um, that we have, we have to take action because, um, I had today an interesting thought, or let's say it this way. Um, when I was 13 years old in Germany, I visited Dachau, Dachau concentration camp. And uh, the interesting thing is when I was there, when I was a 13 year, 13 year young boy, I didn't feel pain, but I feel that this is only a sleeping place. It was really, it was really crazy for me. And Today, when we see these three, in Germany, it's called 3G rules, healthy, tested, um, healthy again, tested or vaccinated. And uh, the interesting thing is you only see a city where the people have, well, lived these kind of rules and all the other people are out of the rules. And it's the same, it's a psychological, it's a, it's a psychological warfare. Because one year ago, we had to start to wear the masks. Now the people, many people, are used to wear the masks. It's for them normal. And in one year, the people, if, if we don't do anything, the people will be used to see only vaccinated people. And all unvaccinated people will become danger because no one will see them anymore. And... Um, I would like to. I would like to. I would like to ask you to give a comment. How you see the situation, if if we don't get in action, because for example in Romania it works. Brasov is a city in Romania. They have closed seventy percent of all vaccine vaccination stations, because Romania has only a vaccination rate of twenty six percent. Well, um, first of all. When people understand, and it's not that difficult to make connect these dots, that vaccines or this particular injection does not prevent transmission. So the idea that people are getting sick um, from the unvaccinated is frankly completely absurd. Um, you know, it's it's just. It's just insane that people are buying, you know, buying into the mass, buying into the lockdowns, buying into the idea that this um, this experimental toxic injection is the answer to a virus when we have 270 trillion viruses in our body at the moment. And uh, instead of, you know, the public health system 
shouting from the rooftops, all these things that people can do to stay healthy and maintain their health and prevent uh, this virus and, and, and or use early effective treatments. Um, the fact that they're just, you know, fear mongering and um, convincing people that the unvaccinated are the spreaders of this and, and pushing this injection that was designed, if for anything, certainly not the Delta variant, which is a mutation. It, it you know, I doubt it has any effectiveness for the, even the original, uh, whatever it was, bioweapon that was developed. But, um, but now that we're dealing with the Delta variant, it's like giving last year's flu shot for this year's flu, which is another story. But um, so I think people have to really do research. They have to investigate um, for themselves. You know, we can lead them in a certain direction. We can try to um, pontificate to some degree, but they, they really have to do their own research. And it doesn't take much to find the information about, um, you know, for instance, I was listening to one of your countrymen today, Hartmut, of Reinhard Pulmick in interviewing uh, Michael Yaden, the former director of Pfizer, and he was just tearing into these, he calls them COVID lies, uh, and the idea that masks work, that lockdowns are effective, that the injection is, you know, effective in, in, in prevention or transmission. I mean, it's all, it's all a bunch of lies, and, and it's unfortunate that, um, that the media is just complicit in spreading this false information. So, but the, the, the truth is out there and, and people just have to connect to groups like this, the individual podcasters that are telling the truth, um, the Millions Against Medical Mandates, Children's Health Defense, National Vaccine Information Center, Dr. Mercola, I mean, uh, Del Bigtree, the, everybody's out there and, and, it's, and it's readily available. So I don't, um, I don't think there's much of an excuse anymore other than the idea that Dr. Charlie Ward talks about. You know, it's easy to be conned, but it's very difficult to accept the fact that you've been conned. And I think that's in the way of uh, people opening their minds to what's really going on. And um, in, uh, I see... For example, in, in the U.S., I see a different picture. For example, I see the European. Uh, every country has its own character here in Europe, and uh, some in some countries they are, um, let's say, they are fighting very much against it. In Germany, they work more under the radar. And um, in the U.S., I have the impression that there is um, an energy of freedom again, that the people want to get want to get yeah want to get uh, want to have the freedom back and really that also the mainstream is already um, saying for example about or talking about uh, people who died hours after vaccinations so what is your what is your personal opinion concerning the situation in the US um, with respect to the situation that the let's say that the power of the of the government is it is it breaking down or do you have the feeling that they are only waiting in order to come with this with the hammer what what is what is your personal opinion 
Well, first of all, I'm, I'm really proud of the people in so many uh, European countries and other continents that are taken to the streets and, and really letting the government um, know, even though it's not being reported on mainstream media, sometimes there's hundreds of thousands of people who are brave enough to take to the streets and, and protest for some strange reason that even some of the brightest people I know are trying to figure out why we don't have more of that in the U.S. But I would say there's a lot of local groups uh, forming. Like, for instance, I'm involved in several uh, freedom farmers markets where we get together and we, you know, have farmers who are growing organically and nobody's masking and everybody's, you know, socializing as what used to be normal. And um, so I think um, all over the world, I, I can't, I don't watch the news at all. So it's just in speaking to people, I get the sense that um, every day more and more people are, are waking up to um, the injustices, the, the insanity of what's happening and um, just scratching their heads and saying, what, you know, maybe the first time around, maybe for two weeks, <laughs> maybe for a few months, but now we're going on two years. And um, I, I hope people really uh, open their minds and to what's really happening and, and in the U.S. and all over. But um, I, I, do see, I do see a shift, and I feel a shift occurring. And uh, so that, that's exciting. And I also just, um, maybe it's my optimistic nature, but I also see a very, very, incredibly positive outcome. I think that the world was not sustainable prior to this situation. And I think uh, people are waking up to how valuable life is, how valuable their relationships are, how valuable their health is, and that it needs to be maintained. And, um, and they can't take their liberty and freedom for granted, which I certainly did most of my life. And uh, I, I, I'm not anymore, that's for sure. I know, you know, this is a time where we have to really um, fight for, for our liberty and freedom and for the creation of a new and better world, which I don't know how many of you read the book, uh, A More Beautiful World Our Hearts Know Is Possible by Charles Eisenstein, who's an economist. But it's a very positive book that, yes, we're going to have to go through this chaotic period uh, disassembling of, of, in, of structures, infrastructures, governments, but that um, we will prevail. The truth will prevail. Freedom will prevail. Uh, but it's, you know, we need each other as we navigate these very tricky waters. Yeah, I agree 100%. And today I saw um, how like demonstrators um, try to conquer Google in London or try to call to conquer the ITNN uh, program uh, building in London. So I think uh, the people are really rising up. Yes. It, was really, it was a real pleasure talking to you and I give you the seat. Thank you so much, Maureen. Thank, Thank you. you so much. Oh, wow. Uh, Maureen, it's a pleasure to talk to you. And I have been a wheatgrass powder freak for 18 years. So I was like, a, I'm a green witch doctor. So I, <laughs> I, I, know, I know where you're coming from. I'm always the weird guy pushing green stuff. Right. Um, amazing, you have 11 grandchildren. That's just incredible. So, I mean, I've seen you on all these panels. We've interviewed so many of the people that you interview. 
And I guess, I guess uh, it's good and we need to do this. And you had mentioned with Hartman that you do see progress and there is, you know, maybe some pain we have to go through before uh, we get to a promised land or something better. So just to stay on topic, uh, you know, the new thing is this FDA ridiculous approval of, uh, a, you know, a, a poison uh, substance that doesn't even, um, is not even a vaccine and doesn't, uh, you know, prevent uh, transmission. Uh, so what is this, what do you think the, this whole FDA thing means? Is it, is it significant for their, for the new world order to advance or not really? Well, you know, I, I think that if you look at the fact that the president of the United States called 12 of my heroes and probably your heroes uh, murderers for uh, providing misinformation when they're out there uh, telling people how to be healthy and stay healthy. And, um, and there's a whole litany of things I could say about uh, all the corruption and lies. So I don't know why anybody thought the FDA would be like, you know, the, the harbingers of, of truth and justice and be like, no, we're, you know, we're, uh, we're never going to prove this. So, but also if you go to their website and you download um, the letter, uh, most, most approval letters are like two pages long. This is 13 pages and it's full of complex legal doublespeak. Um, it's got all this jargon in it that it's very difficult to, decipher. And um, they're talking about two different products, the first one, and now the, the license faxed, and they're saying the old one is, you know, under the EUA, the emergency use, uh, use authorization, but the second one isn't. It's like, it's so confusing. So number one, I don't think they're, you know, esteemed um, truth tellers who are, you know, fighting for the truth. And number two, I think they're confusing everyone with the legat, all the legal jargon that doesn't, people can't see, even very, very smart legal experts are trying to decipher what that letter of approval really says, because it's, it's confusing as hell. Yeah, so it's, well, that's to be expected. It's perfect satanic doublespeak. It's obfuscation of the reality, right? So it's there to not make any sense. Uh, um, I mean, there's actually, you know, we interviewed Alex Newman who gets into the education system and he, he always says, you know, their plan's working perfectly. The education system's teaching you nothing and it's dumbing everyone down. And, you know, the sad thing is, is they don't want this to work. You know, they don't want to help. They don't want to empower. That's not nothing. None of these measures are supposed to make sense. And we all know that. And that's a it's part of the frustrating thing. But on the, on the 10th of August, there was a study done by Oxford, and it was actually in The Lancet. And it was a, basically on 62 health workers in Vietnam. And it just came out. And, you know, it's got Oxford, all the trustworthy, you know, in quotes, trustworthy, you know, important authorities. And they said that the, out of 62 health workers in the Vietnam situation in the, in the hospital, all of them were 251 times uh, carrying the, a viral load, uh, and they're spreading, and they're 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 affecting. This study basically said they are spreading a higher viral load to the unvaccinated. Uh, so we know this isn't even a vaccine; it's gene therapy. And it's uh, my point is, 
you know, like I was trying to say with Alex Newman, it's not supposed to make sense, you know, that you can't go into a restaurant unless, you know, I'm not sick, but I can't go into a restaurant. But I just wanted to highlight the study on August 10th that actually was done by Oxford admitting that the, you know, the, uh, the injected are spreading and shedding. And that's sort of, I wanted to see if you heard that, but then I wanted to get into um, antibody dependent enhancement and um, pathogenic priming. And with all the amazing minds you're around and all the stuff you know about holistic healing, is it certain that this injection is causing ADE and PP? Well, I don't know if anything's certain, you know, everything's so new, but I know Dr. Jack um, Lyons, Weiler Lyons was um, talking about pathogenic priming, you know, a year and a half ago. And he's on the MAM steering committee. He's been, you know, at the forefront, a lot of this work. And he was explaining to us so long ago that, um, you know, if you receive this injection and, and the studies they've done in the past on animals, um, and then are, are exposed to the natural, the wild virus, that your immune system goes into complete overdrive and creates um, this cytokine storm. And, you know, and, and, and it seems to be from things I'm reading now that it also uh, affects your innate immune system, your T cells ability to respond. So I think, I, I, I hate to say this, I, I hate to speak anything fearful, but uh, from the experts I get to hang with these days, uh, they all seem to be uh, saying that this fall and winter um, is going to be really problematic for a lot of people who um, receive this injection. It's uh, inhibiting their immune, their innate immune function. They get exposed to this virus or maybe other viruses or, or flus or colds or whatever, bacteria even, and they're not able to mount a sufficient defense or they, their system goes into overdrive. And and the other thing that I think is important to note is something Del Bigtree was talking about the other day, where, you know, when you get this injection, if it even if it's in the ideal scenario where you're developing antibodies to that spike protein, that's one protein out of 29 proteins on that virus. So what about if, if one of those other proteins mutate and your body goes, well, I, I, I don't know how to deal with that. I only know how to deal with that one spike protein. That's the only antibody in, in the ideal situation um, that your body can form. So uh, I think, you know, this is a real opportunity for those of us who have been into natural health for years, for decades, uh, to really, really help people understand, like you were saying before, Grace, it's important to listen. I believe it's important to listen, but I also believe it's important to educate and inspire. That's our role. And so I try my best to educate and inspire people to get the healthiest they can possibly be. And yes, even if they receive this injection, especially them, but also everybody else, you know, the number one comorbidity is obesity. So we all know what a problem that can be in terms of your health. The second I, I thought was diabetes, but I recently found out was stress and anxiety. So encouraging people to, you know, meditate and pray and exercise and 
get those endorphins going and, and stay in a higher vibration, I think is really, really important. And then the third is diabetes, which we probably all have been preaching for years about sugar and processed carbs and so on. So it's, I, I look at it as an opportunity. Um, again, I, I tend to be a little bit Pollyanna-ish, and, uh, but I look at it as an opportunity to really help people understand that getting healthy and staying healthy, maintaining their health is, is the antidote, antidote to uh, the stress, the anxiety, possibly getting sick. And if they do get sick, minimizing their risks. We, myself and a couple of colleagues from Millions Against Medical Mandates, in April of last year, in April of 2020, we made a video called Optimizing Your Health, Minimizing Your Risks, which needs to be updated. But no one was talking about optimizing your health and minimizing your risks with nutrition and herbs and alkalizing your diet and, you know, clean alkalized water. And uh, there's so many things Mother Nature has provided us with to uh, defend ourselves against all of this. And then and, and of course, I think one of the biggest ones is staying out of fear and out of anxiety and, and doing those things that, that bring you joy in life. I think that's critical to staying healthy. Yeah, I, <clears throat> I can't agree with you more because I've been studying this holistic stuff and, you know, cleansing, detoxing, alkalizing and, and uh, oxygenating the body and with nutrition and stuff like that. So it's very elementary to me. And of course, like, you know, uh, not one health minister globally has ever mentioned the importance of getting sunshine, oxygen, and, um, you know, uh, doing all the things that boost your immune system. So we right. know that the intention is not to help your immune system. It's to depress it uh, with all these measures. Um, exactly. Yeah. I mean, do you think in, in the conversations you have, is there any notion that maybe the spike proteins do filter out of the body? Do they get kicked out of the body? Have you heard? I mean, is there a possibility that this isn't the lethal, you know, um, uh, culling machine that we think it is? Well, I, I, again, that optimism is going to come through. I, I don't think we've ever been, we're given things that we can't figure out or handle or or cure or uh, get through, you know, um, I, I do think the, the stronger you are, the healthier you are, the more knowledgeable you are about um, mother nature and all the natural remedies, the less likely um, you're going to have, an, a, you know, a super serious impact, whether you contract the virus itself or whatever it is, or uh, even from the injection. Uh, so um, yeah, I, I, I thought you were going to talk about the transmission or the shedding, um, but um, I also believe that you, you can minimize the damage from wherever it's coming from. Um, if, if you're in your healthiest, highest vibration, healthiest state and mentally, psychologically, spiritually staying, um, staying really in a good place, which means yeah. not going down too many of the rabbit holes for too long. I mean, we all have gone down them, but they can get pretty deep and dark. And, um, you know, I think it's important to be informed, but it's important to spend just as much time filling your mind with, with positive thoughts and, and hopeful, hopeful predictions. Yeah, that, 
It's always good advice um, to stay out of fear and 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 uh, boost the immune system. Um, do you do you think that? I, I tell people, look, there's no avoiding it. You're going to have to be around uh, injected people. Um, so in terms of the, I have heard that the graphene or the spike protein is is uh, being transmitted in a, you know, through breathing and, and an aerosol type, you know, situation. Do you, do you have any confirmation of this, that it's, well, you know, yes. that it is, um, yeah. I would encourage everyone, uh, once a month we do, uh, I do, I moderate a panel of the five doctors, Dr. Sherry Tempany, Dr. Lee Merritt, who's an orthopedic surgeon and a former Naval commander, Dr. Carrie Madday, who's one of the top integrative docs in the world, Dr. Larry Pilevsky, a holistic pediatrician, and Dr. Christian Northrup, who knows more about the women's body and women's health than anybody I've ever met. And uh, we discuss all these things in those uh, panel discussions. And it's, it's pretty amazing because um, we, you know, they have, they're convinced there's definitely, we don't call it shedding because that's more related to kind of if it was a real virus, um, but they call it transmitting. And what it is, I don't know. And they don't know either. Maybe it's the spike protein uh, it seems to be occurring more in people who were recently received the jab and maybe are uh, intimately involved with someone who didn't receive the jab and are in close proximity to those people. Um, we did we did organize a survey called MyCycleStory.com because many women uh, and some men, but many women were re reporting irregular bleeding. Uh, we were getting reports of 22-month-old little girls with vaginal clots, passing vaginal clots, men with big clots coming out of their nose, um, an increase in miscarriages, um, lots of menstrual regularities. And, and many of the 6,000 people that filled out our survey were on, they did not receive the injection. They were just in close proximity. So I went to a lecture the other night where this doctor, uh, he had a master's in divinity and a PhD in psychology. And it was really fascinating. He was really well-versed in Rudolf Steiner and his prediction about what's happening with this and the disconnection from God and so on. But he was saying he thought that this transmission, whatever it was, was a frequency thing, just some sort of frequency. And I that could be but I definitely think there's something physiological being transferred. You know, this technology has been in the veterinary world uh, for a long time. Like you can inoculate one bear say, and the bear goes into the woods and finds its cubs and its, its you know, group. And the vaccine is able to transmit to the other animals. So uh, this is not something that far-fetched this concept, people are like, oh, you're crazy. There's nothing coming off this people who were vaccinated transferring to the unvaxxed. But um, hey, it's been in the animal kingdom for a long, I mean, not the animal kingdom, the veterinary world for a long time. And so I would say um, something is happening. Uh, even the brightest minds that I get to interview, uh, I don't think they know all the answers and they're very honest about that. This is a new phenomenon. And 
uh, people are still, you know, confused by the complexity of this uh, this whole subject. Yeah, uh, and that's interesting because Rudolf Steiner in the early 1900s, he said that the uh, contagion of the flu was a, a, like a sympathetic coordinated resonance of, you know, our aura or, you know, meaning you're in a room with people, you match their frequency. So you end up matching. Right. The, and, and it has nothing to do with catching a virus or a germ. It's, it's something to do sort of in the energetic field. And that's right. quite interesting. Right. Um, so I'm big on now because we've all been talking about all these uh, horrors that um, we've, we know about um, the misinformation, the obfuscation of reality, the, the inversion and perversion of the truth. So you have forms on your website, www.mamm.org. Uh, so does Solari report. So does um, um, other, you know, FLCCC. So my point is, you see some videos of cops forcing jabs, you know, maybe that's where the parent is bringing their child and the child doesn't want it, but the parent's saying yes. My point is, I think these forms are really important and you've, you've made them available on your website. And even if you cut and paste maybe three different forms together, what do you think is possible even if... I don't know, it looks like a law, maybe it's not a law, we don't know, it's a mandate, it's a requirement, it's a directive. Can we get out of this? Is it that easy? You know, you see cops beating people up on the street who aren't wearing their mask over their nose. So, you know, if I say I'm a living man and I have inalienable rights, they're still, they could still beat me up. You know, my point is, can the forms help? And, and um, you know, what, what do we do to you know, even in New York, religious exemptions apparently don't work anymore. But I'm saying you can still get a religious exemption just somehow. Just do not consent and stuff like that. Do the form, can the form still do this for us in some well, way? Well, yeah, every day we get calls and, and inquiries of, you know, I'm going to lose my job if, you know, I succumb to this. And there's coercion and bullying and, you know, they're forcing people to accept this. And that is it's against every right that we're entitled to, our constitutional rights, it's a violation of the Nuremberg Code. This is still experimental. I don't care if the FDA approved it, the trials aren't over till 2023. We are the trials. And so, um, you know, what you're talking about is individuals being, being, you know, attacked or forced by police. And this is where one of the reasons I started Millions Against Medical Mandates is so the thought leaders would come together and understand how important it is because our superpower is our numbers. And we have to learn to really uh, work better together. And it's only by all of us working together and finding ways to collaborate that this is going to change. And, you know, Bobby Kennedy said, stand shoulder to shoulder so we can take them down. And I know it's hard for people because They've isolated us. Um, there's ego involved. There's, um, you know, maybe distance involved. There's, there's all kinds of things that separate us and prevent us from working together. But I have no tolerance for what keeps people apart. You know, um, 
I when when I thought about doing this summit two years ago, which was the beginning of MAM, which was calling up Del Bigtree and Andy Wakefield and Sherry Tempany and the people from CHD and all these, and people said, you'll never get them in the room. You know, you'll never get them in the same room. And I just, I, I don't buy it. I don't buy it. I think human beings have got to understand this is our last shot. You know, the, we don't have time to squabble. We don't have to, well, I divorced him or he took my, you know, executive director or I'm buying for the same funds as he is. And it's like, no, none of it flies in my mind. We have got to keep finding ways to support each other, to get the truth out, to work together. For instance, um, we presented just last week to the county commissioners because they were reenacting the emergency whatever it is, act here in North Carolina and uh, everybody's going to school masked. And we had maybe a hundred people show up to testify. And um, I, I want thousands of people there. You know, we had a rally in Raleigh, uh, North Carolina, not too long ago. There were maybe six, 700 people. There should have been a million people there. We're going to have more of an impact if we all just get up, stand up, speak out, be there for each other. doesn't matter if you thought of the idea, you thought of the rally, you wrote the book, you know, you hold the conference and I didn't, it wasn't my idea. So what? Go and support it. If it's, if it's a good project or a good way to get the word out, we all have to support each other. And that's how we're going to, that's how we're going to win this thing. We're going to find each other and stand together shoulder to shoulder and take them down. I like it. I like it. Time for a revolution. I think they probably want that a little bit, like a civil war, but I don't know. That's no, probably something. It doesn't something. have to be violent. We're, ju we're yeah. just standing in the truth. It doesn't there have to be go. violent. Just yeah. standing for the truth, speaking the truth. And um, yeah, I mean, sometimes, like I said, I'm 100% Irish. I'm hot-headed. I have to, you know, <laughs> get back into that space of, of heart resonance and uh, it, it can get your can get your fire up, but uh, we have to find a way to get through this peacefully, but with strength, with strength and courage. I like that. That's good. Yeah, I'm Italian, so I'm the same way. I have to, you know, curb my anger. Right. Um, so it's been a pleasure chatting. Thank you for doing everything you're doing. Your website has, uh, you know, forms on it. If, you know, you're being bullied by your employer, you know, there's forms on these websites. Just read them, cut and paste them, take three together and, you know, uh, and figure it out. I mean, I think, I think these are, these are great things that are available. So, uh, I'm, I'm glad you did that. I'm going to pass you to Mary and thanks again. Thank you. I just wanted to say about the forms, they're, um, mostly notice of liability. So you're serving your employer or the president of the university who's coercing bullying and letting them know if, if anything happened to you, uh, if you were harmed by this injection or God forbid you died, they're being held liable. And I think many of us in this work uh, who do this work have been so used to, well, we can't sue the manufacturers. We can't sue the doctor who gives the, we can't, sue, well, we can sue them and uh, anybody who's mm. coercing this. So I, I think that's important for people to have that ammunition. So would you take the form and say, sign it, or would you just like serve them like an affidavit, like? Both. Okay. Both. You know, say, read this. I'll read it with you. 
And after you finish it, you know, you, you sign this, that you are liable for anything that happens to me. And then of course I quit the job. (laughs) I mean, it's, it's odd, but it's elementary. I told my brother, I go, Mark, if you, and if you need to be in the hospital, no one's there to pay your bills. Like you're on your own. Like, and you're, you're not, you're not sick and you're taking something that could put you in the hospital, Like you don't get it. There's no one is there to help you financially. This could ruin you, could ruin your entire family. So thanks again. And Mayor, I'll pass it to you. Nice to talk to you, Hi, Mary. And you may stay on topic with the forms. Um, I know you said you get a lot of calls on people who are being, you know, threatened to lose their jobs and what can they do? Have you heard of any um, successes specifically on people getting their employer to sign off on the form or to give them a waiver of not getting the job? Well, there's something working because I just got a, a advertisement today um, from Nebraska that nurses there, um, they're looking for nurses and they'll, they'll not mandate the COVID-19 vaccine. And um, so, of course, you know, we all know about what happened in Alberta, Canada with uh, Patrick King, who um, took the province to task and said and subpoenaed the health commissioner to prove that there was an emergency. And as a result of her not being able to produce any documentation showing that they had isolated the virus or that there was a true emergency, um, the province of Alberta, Canada now is there's no mass, there's no forcing the vaccine. Um, so I, I think there's there's pockets of, of positive responses happening throughout the world. And I think that's encouraging for people to continue their, uh, their work in this regard. You know, we just can't uh, stop because like, for instance, when the county commissioners, even though many of us gave good statistics and facts, the other day, they went ahead and reenacted the emergency um, situation here. And so now Saturday, we're meeting with a lawyer. And uh, also the school board has five legal actions against it. So, you know, we just continue, continue the road and and get inspired by those people who are, who are winning. Yes, and I, I hear from a lot of people, they think they don't have a choice whether it's they're gonna you know, lose their job or they can't go to college. Um, but you know, really at the end of the day, I think that's just an excuse. It's easy to make to ourselves when the world is difficult. And knowing, like you're saying, that we're not alone and there are millions of people and we can get in contact with those people to, to support each other. And- well, Also, um, when that choice is, it's a difficult choice, but not really. I mean, you just have to go to the CDC website and see that 13,000 people now it's up to, and 500,000 adverse reactions, 13,000 people have died within a short time of receiving this injection. Uh, I mean, the choice is your job or your life, really. Uh, I, I know that's that's harsh, but it's, it's harsher to see these numbers. Since when is that acceptable collateral damage from a product, an experimental product? Dr. Tempany was saying the other day, there was a uh, a drug study where six beagles, dogs, died, and they stopped the study. Six beagles. These are 13,000 people. We know the numbers are much higher than that. But that's what the CDC is reporting in the Vaccine Adverse Events Reporting System. So uh, that's more than triple what 
the people, number of people who have died in the last 30 years from all the vaccines given in 30 years. And that's in eight months, 13,000. So, I mean, man, talk about waking up. <laughs> it's time to wake up. Yes, and I was, I was looking a little bit at the forms on your site as, as well. Like Steve mentioned, whether you use that one or you combine a few different ones. And, um, and I, was, I was thinking that could be something even just, you know, I could go to the local pharmacy and show like some of the pharmacists, hey, you might not have heard of this. Um, and I know sometimes when you're reaching out to your own family or close friends that um, they might discount your opinion like like any you know, they might not take it for the same as some they see with this credential that reached this many people. So I think the idea that you're tying this back into what you're talking about earlier about taking action too, and people who have the knowledge, but then also taking that action. And you're saying you might just like hand out a flyer or someone at a grocery store. And I think those things are things that we can do to keep connecting also. And when you get any other kind of like practical, like actionable advice that um, people can take. I know there's so many different you know, scenarios here of what might be happening in the governments or, you know, in different countries, people not being allowed into the grocery store or you know, what's going on. Like, what would be any other like measures people can take to um, plan ahead to help to, um, you know, protect their, you know, their health and, you know, any kind of, any kind of wealth, just, to, you know, in general, general principles of changes that we're hearing coming down the pipeline. From where? Um, just do you have any other um, steps? Like I know we talked about um, health, talked about like um, meditation, mindfulness, and being in the best health you can be. Um, like, like, like for instance, of that, like, do you have people take any kind of prophylactic therapy or any other? Um, just any other examples that we talked about with spreading information, ways you might be able to do that. We talked about going to the farmers market in groups. Like not wearing masks to encourage each other, just anything, anything along those lines that you pull or might recommend to um, the audience of people listening. Sure. Um, yes, and and there are some. I, I just want to draw attention to the handouts again, or the printable documents on the MAM website, like um, things, actions we can do. You know, we can hand out flyers on street corners. We can put notices up wherever we go. Um, I tend to carry a packet of the different things, like we have one called Eight Reasons Why I'm Not Getting the COVID Injection, or there's one, did you know there are effective treatments for preventing and treating this infection? And it's got all the links to all the articles and things like you know vitamin D and having uh, either taking ivermectin or prophylactically or having it on hand, finding a physician who will prescribe that. Certainly uh, zinc is important and to get zinc across the cell membrane, you need quercetin, if not hydroxychloroquine. I make, uh, Dr. Northrup taught me a recipe to make what we call homemade hydrochloroquine, which is um, you take organic grapefruit and oranges and lemon and you peel the rinds and you bring it to a boil and then you simmer it for three hours and you pour, cool the liquid, pour it off, put it in the fridge, take two tablespoons twice a day. Um, my husband and I both had this, uh, whatever it is, a few weeks ago, and we were doing all our supplements, the D and lots of C and alkalizing our diet and drinking green juices and 
you know, taking the zinc and quercetin, but it wasn't until I made that little witch brew there that I just told you about that we turned the corner and it was pretty stark shift. So I'm not saying, I'm not, you know, saying it works for everyone, uh, but certainly um, getting uh, either a prescription or having some ivermectin on hand is really helpful. Um, one thing I would say, in addition to connecting with people in your community and starting uh, freedom farmers markets and co-ops and things, getting to know who's got the firewood, who's got the supply of eggs, who's got, you know, the honey and, uh, and things like that is to um, uh, also, uh, just let me go back a minute to the pine needle tea. That's something too that uh, seems to be uh, a source of succinic acid which interferes with um, the spike protein, seems to obliterate it, some people say. Uh, also, the incredible nutritionist David Avocado Wolf uh, has a, a, a great um, podcast uh, newsletter called uh, Healthy Immunity, and he has a whole protocol for preventing and um, treating this illness once it occurs. So um, there's, there's so many actions on so many different levels, you know, in terms of, uh, but the, the, I think the crux of the matter is to take action into your own hands, you know, and, and get prepared. Uh, oh, I know the thing I wanted to mention was, you know, as a nurse, I, I respect uh, emergency care and hospitals and, but uh, the way things are going now, I would do all I could to stay out of hospitals unless you're very, very seriously ill because uh, what's happening is they're testing people on admission. I could be having a heart attack, but if I get a, you know, a falsified PCR test, which most of them are, and I get a positive result, they're gonna put me in isolation on the COVID ward away from any visitors, my family, no one can be my advocate. And um, if I deteriorate because like my friend's father just did last week, and they didn't give him any nutrition. He had cardiac problems. They didn't really address that. And then he, um, no one was allowed to see him until they staged a protest outside the hospital. They finally got to see him for 15 minutes. Uh, he was on the ventilator that night. He went into cardiac arrest, and uh, he died that early morning. And um, so, and in the same hospital, and this was covered by James Grundvik, the investigative journalist from American Media Periscope. That same hospital, there was a um, physician who was an ER doc for 50 years, and uh, he was trying to sign out against medical advice, which we all have the right to as a patient in a hospital, and he was put in a four-point restraint and held for four hours. And um, Things are, things are going awry in, in our healthcare system. I think it's one of the systems that um, as good as um, many aspects of our medical system is, especially emergency care, I think it's gonna be collapsing soon because they're receiving directives uh, from people who really don't know how to handle this situation and treat it properly. And they're being misdiagnosed and isolated and isolation alone, as we know, will lead to depression, anxiety, and um, that's the second top comorbidity in um, a lethal cases of COVID. Uh, um, just one more question. I know you touched on earlier about the virus not being isolated. 
And your our group has spoken to people ranging from opinions like Dr. Andy Kaufman, you know, looking at, at showing that how you know PCR test isn't actually testing for the virus. And do you get into that kind of granular level of is there the new virus out there causing these symptoms, or is it actually really something else, or or is it just something that we've always had being related? Well, um, that's a real hot topic, even on our side of the fence here, you know, ones that um, believe that, um, you know, something uh, is happening and we have to be prepared for a bigger agenda. And um, there are people I respect tremendously on both sides of that discussion. Uh, Andy Kaufman, Dr. Tom Cowan, and, and some others um, feel that, you know, it's, there's, there's nothing much there, that it's just the, the condition of the person's health that determines the outcome, which I totally can relate to, you know, the Antoine Bechamp versus Pasteur um, argument. But I also think at having had what I believe was a version of this a few weeks ago, um, it, it reacts very differently in the body. So I, I tend to be more in the, there's something there, probably like a, a mutated, um, a manipulated uh, virus that was altered and changed deliberately to be act more like some sort of uh, bioweapon in your system. Um, so I, I, I don't think anybody has the answers just yet. I know Dr. Uh, I mean, Bobby Kennedy's coming out with a new book on Fauci um, that you can order from Children's Health Defense. It's already number one on Amazon and it hasn't even been, uh, you know, it's not available yet, <laughs> but the pre-orders have made it number one. And I think he, I know what he's gonna just tear into um, the, the lies that we've been provided with and, and really expose where this is coming from uh, I think we're dealing with something. I, I don't know if anybody truly knows for certain whether it's, um, you know, a bioweapon, manipulated virus, a viral infection, or there's nothing there and we're just um, overreacting. I kind of kind of don't believe that side. But anyway, we'll find out over time. I don't want to cause any more divisiveness than is already there. So I just respect all these brilliant minds and they know a lot more than I do. And over time, they'll they'll figure it out. We'll all know the truth. Yeah, I completely agree with you. Also, think, um, to be open-minded, and you know, there's no harm in you know dis discussing something, considering you know another view. And um, Jane, I'll down to you. Thank you. Yeah. Hi, Maureen. I'm a naturopathic doctor from Canada, and I was listening to the list of things that we can do to help ourselves if we feel that we're coming down with something like this virus. And I just wanted everyone to know that naturopathic doctors have been asked or gagged to, so that we cannot offer any natural remedies against this virus. And I just wanted to have your comments on that. Well, I'm probably not allowed to curse on this forum. So I'll, you know, that is absolutely ridiculous. And, you know, um, I, I, I think that 
you can refer people. You could refer people to David Avocado Wolf's material and uh, some of the other, the five dots get into some of the natural things that can be done. So maybe you can't say it specifically or you'll risk losing your license. But I mean, what is a naturopathic doctor supposed to do? You know how powerful these, uh, these remedies are, these herbs, these vitamins, these nutrients, these dietary changes, these I mean, that's what makes you resistant to all kinds of invading pathogens. And whatever this is, uh, it's something pathogenic that acts pathogenic in the body. And, and so that's, that's I'm sorry to hear that. That's very sad. And, um, you know, I let my license go a few years ago, a couple years ago, because I don't want to have to be under any of those restrictions. And that was pre-COVID. I was just talking about vaccines in general back then and autism because I, like uh, Grace said, I coordinated the Defeat Autism Now conferences for 10 years around the country. And um, that's when I really, I was always into natural health and gave my kids own, only organic food and things, but that's where I really learned from Dr. Andy Wakefield and Dr. Jeff Bradstreet and Dr. Sherry Tempany and all these brilliant minds. Um, what was really going on with vaccines. And, you know, once you know the truth, it's really, really difficult to, to shut your mouth. I mean, it's really difficult not to educate and inspire people with the truth. So I'm, I'm sorry to hear that. That must be really challenging. Well, right. And then your mind goes to, if you have an agenda to that, where you have the cure, then you can't have all kinds of naturopathic doctors coming up with brilliant ways of helping can you <laughs> yeah well, where's the where's the debate where's the discourse where's yeah. the healthy discussion you know yeah. the censorship is so extreme that it's it's mind-boggling that um you know again but going back to the the disinformation dozen i mean it's such a joke <laughs> these people are some of the most brilliant people on the planet trying to offer people um, some critical thinking about what's going on and what you can do to defend yourself and protect yourself. And they're being called these horrific, they're being defamed and vilified and deplatformed. And it's like, they got to be kidding. I think they've overstepped their, their game here. I, I, they've overplayed their hand. I think, you know, it's not just us. People have been in this for a while, but the, I think the average person is going, what the hell is going on? You know, how can they think they're going to get away with this? And, um, you know, maybe it's maybe it's eight out of 10 now people are uh, following orders. But but two is going to grow to three and three is going to grow to four. And and pretty soon, you know, I mean, 50 percent of the people in New York City are, are not vaccinated. And those restrictions are getting really stringent. And and yet that that that, that number is not budging that much. You know, and the African-American community, 70% of them are not. They remember Tuskegee. They're, they know what's going on. They are not going to play this game. So, yeah, they're going to clamp down harder and they're going to deplatform all of us and they're going to do whatever they're going to do to haul us away to jail. I don't know. I don't know what's coming. But uh, I know you can't stop that green weed from coming through that tar, that that roadway that's been paved. You know, it's it's going to come through the crack and that's where the light comes through in those cracks. And, and we're going to we're going to be ushering that 
that in. Yeah. Well, yeah, and the same the same holds for vaccines. We can't speak out against vaccines or the harmful effects of. Uh, we're completely gagged, and I mean, I saw it coming five years ago when the governments started to control our profession, and we were told then that we couldn't talk about vaccines. So I knew when this came out exactly what would happen, and it was exactly as I foretold. So yeah, and then there's our uh, Prime Minister Trudeau saying in a speech recently that you can't force in a democracy for someone to take a vaccine, but you sure can't sit beside someone on an airplane that's vaccinated. So the amount of coercion, because they know that they can't force in a democracy, right? So that what they've done is get everyone on board, the universities, the colleges, the um, airlines, the restaurants, everyone on board. So they don't have, they're the ones that are coercing, coercing and forcing instead of the government, right? Mm. Well, I was talking to somebody the other day at one of our Freedom Farmers Markets, and he was talking about, there was a book written during slavery in, in this country, and, um, and it was given out to all the slave owners. And it was basically, you don't have to, you don't have to keep people in line with the whip. You, you pick one of, uh, one of your men, one of your workers, one of the other slaves, and they'll punish the one who disobeys. And so this is such a psychological um, manipulation. You know, I, I don't know how many of you have seen that film. What was it? Um, the, the Mass Psychosis, I think it's called. It's one of those little uh, doodle films, uh, videos that gets into the in-depth psychological um, programming that happens when an entire society goes down this road. I mean... I was a history major before I became a nurse and and it's like I was always fascinated by how people could, you know, buy into genocide and how Hitler got away with it and Mussolini and and but now it's happening globally. You know, there's such good manipulators and they've done such intense um, you know, and, and number one on their list is just keep provoking fear. Just keep mm -hmm. people in fear and they'll just step in line with whatever you tell them to do. And meanwhile, it's like, listen, we're all going to die. Everybody dies. I mean, I don't, I don't want to go anytime soon. None of us do. But um, that's what they're, you know, that's what they're instilling in people, the fear of death. And from this virus, that 99.74, whatever the statistic is, people recover from. So uh, it's they, they're genius at it. And we have to break the spell, you know, like uh, Sasha Stone says, we're in a dream spell. Just, you know, wake up, wake up from the dream spell. This is not acceptable. And we are human beings with certain inalienable rights and we have to stand up for those, stand up for each other, do it together, because alone we can't do it. Um, I mean, there's the Bobby Kennedys out there and the Dell Big Trees, but even, even those guys get, you know, they're gonna get defeated if, they, we don't all work together. So that's my message to the world is that 
We have got to find ways. I just got off the phone a few minutes ago. I said, yeah, ma'am has done some great things in building collaboration uh, nationally and globally, but I have to get more involved locally in getting this freedom group to work with this freedom group, to work with this market, to work with, you know, so when there's a rally or when there's a, a letter that has to be written to the county commissioner, they're getting thousands and thousands of people responding, not 10 and 20 and 80. You know, we really need to rise up in mass and, and resist this tyranny because it's just, I mean, the world has seen never seen anything like this. So I, I can understand that many of us are in kind of a stupor, like what, what? what is, did they really say that? Did they really just take that freedom away? Did they really just do that, <laughs> you know, restriction or what you're saying? I mean, for a naturopath with your training, not to be able to educate people about how to get healthy is, and, and prevent illness is that's, I mean, that that's just not something you can sit down and accept. It's, it's something you have to stand up and fight for against. Right. And, you know, they've always used the, tried to use the emotional logic of do this for your neighbor, you know, do this to save lives. But like you said, there's now 13,795 deaths. Wow. And, you know, many more injured. I think it's 600,000. Mm. And we need to use that ammo, right? Yeah. Stop the madness because people are dying. Yeah. yeah. I, I never understood, like, my girls, um, you know, I started research when they were small, and I never understood if even one child got autism, why this is continuing because there, there are better ways. In fact, it's called good food and hygiene. Mm -hmm. And um, so th this is like complete madness, what's going on now. Yeah, and I think in addition to those numbers, you know, uh, we're being accused of fear-mongering when we share that 13,795 number, but um, we're just telling the truth, you know? And also the truth is, as Steve was saying earlier, that Oxford study, and we've been hearing more and more of it, um, the vaccine, the vaccinated are transmitting this mutated Delta variant um, and they have the higher viral load, you know? So this idea that the unvaxxed are responsible for this new variant or for spreading it is, is absolutely absurd. And I think the last, um, the last, the second to last five docs episode we did, we, we entitled absurdities with some of the things we're talking about now. The last one we did, which was last Thursday, and that's on the NAM website too, was called Lies, Lies, and More Lies. I mean, it's just gone from absurdities to outright, you can't call it anything else but a big fat lie. And, um, you know, people are smarter than this. Uh, and so they're really going to, we're going to see massive amounts of people um, wake up to the things we're talking about. Um, it's all out there whether you go to the CDC website or you go to uh, Children's Health Defense or you go to Millions Against Medical Mandates or you go to Del P Big Trees or you go to National Vaccine Information Center or listen to your podcast or whatever, it's so out there. And uh, it's right in front of people. And if they can just, you know, push the fear over to the side and look at and use their critical thinking skills and start analyzing Things like how ineffective and harmful masks are, the psychological damage of lockdowns, 
you know, the, the physiological damage caused by these injections, an experimental injection of an mRNA wrapped in nanoparticles that has never been used before on humans. And it's like, don't be say. I mean, I always say, I'm so happy to be hanging around with smart people, but I was never the brightest crayon in the box. And, uh, but I can connect dots and I have a load of common sense. And that's all people need. You don't have to be a PhD. You don't have to be some brilliant doctor. You just have to use your critical thinking, connect the dots and really see what's going on. And then you awaken and you connect with people like yourselves and um, you start taking action. You know, as simple as writing letters, sending emails, finding out where your tribe is and uh, building your community uh, to be more self-sufficient because who knows what's coming. And uh, I think that's a really smart thing to do is to build your community. Know who exactly. I, I mean, as soon as this broke out, I started a podcast in Powered because I believe that every individual needs to take on the responsibility of their own health and their own choices and just stop giving it away to someone else, period. You know, take, take the information and then make your choice, but be informed. Yeah. Um, you know, you mentioned Rudolf Steiner. I wonder if we could finish with that and some of the, you know, he, he, you mentioned that he saw what would come in the future. Can you comment any on anything more that he said? Well, he, um, from what I understand, I always wanted to send my kids to Waldorf, but I wasn't in a position to do that at the time. Um, but this, uh, this doctor who spoke about him the other night um, with his master's in divinity and PhD in psychology really um, presented it beautifully. And basically he explained, and some of you may know the terminology better, but the different, uh, the different bodies, the physical and the ethereal and the astral. And he said that Steiner, and there was another one, and he said that Steiner predicted that there would be a vaccine, and this was, you know, 100 years ago, that would interfere with our, our connection from our spiritual uh, body to God, uh, to our higher self. And so um, that is what many people are saying is, is happening, that this is making people, or the plan is over time, maybe add a little 5G in the mix and a little... 10 more boosters and, you know, but that it's uh, the plan is to make people more mechanistic and less spiritually heart driven um, and then more easily controlled. So I don't profess to understand all of that, but that certainly um, that certainly resonates. I, I also know he predicted the calcification of our pineal gland with things like fluoride and things that uh, aluminum, like supposedly spread in chemtrails and uh, mercury, and you probably know the two others, there were a couple others. But um, so the calcification of the pineal gland, same thing, it interferes with our spiritual uh, longing and spiritual, our desire to connect with a higher, a higher force. So, uh, but you know what? We're smarter than that. We're smarter, we're waking up, we're, we're not going down that road. Um, I think this is a, they've overplayed their hand. They've underestimated 
human beings and our ability to think critically and, and find each other and love each other and care for each other and uh, not want to be divided and taken advantage of. And um, so I, I'm, I'm very hopeful, like I said. I, I think that uh, things did have to change. Change is good. Um, this is a little crazier than any of us ever anticipated, but I have a plaque right outside my door there by uh, Clarissa Pincoli Estes, and it says, um, don't lose heart, my friends. We were made for these times. And that's what people see when they walk in my front door because we were made for these times. We, we can handle this. I think we elected to be here. <laughs> so uh, if you believe in that, um, that's what I believe in. And so I know we have the strength and the courage and the love and the, the heart focus to, to get through this and to create a, truly a, a better world. Yeah. Beautifully said, Maureen. And I, I'm going to leave it at that because honestly, that is the message, right? And thank you so much for everything you do. It was a nurse in Canada that made vaccines uh, that we were able to opt out for many years. And wow. so just thank you so much. That's awesome. Thank you very much. My battery is dead, so I'm going to sign off. <laughs> thank you, everybody. Thank you, it was pleasure. Pleasure. Maureen, thank you very much. Perfect Thank you, thank you for everything that you do, and thank you. We promise we will continue to aspire to be with you all the way. Thank you, guys. Great to meet you. Bye bye. Bye bye. Bye bye. Bye bye.